life insurance agents. You're listening to the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast, where we provide the tools and insights to help you grow a more profitable life insurance business by selling online and over the phone from anywhere with an internet connection. Even if you're alone in your quest to build your life insurance business, just know you're listening right now with thousands of life insurance agents using the strategies we discuss to sell more life insurance, work more efficiently, and on your own terms. For more in-depth advice and to make sure you never miss a podcast episode, join our email list over at SellTermLife.com. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Root, and today we'll be speaking with a final expense trainer who's helping a lot of agents increase their final expense business by mentoring them with prospecting, appointment setting, presenting the product, closing, and retaining your book of business. He's a hands-on guy and is producing some great content on his website as well. So today we'll touch on several topics like sales techniques, lead programs, and how you can sell more final expense in your business. But first, if you like what you hear and are listening in iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review. And for information about marketing your life insurance business online and over the phone, join our email list over at SellTermLife.com. All right. Today we have David Duford on the show. Welcome to the podcast, David. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Good, good. So why don't we start off here by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure thing. Yeah, my name is David Dufort. I am the owner and operator of Final Expense Agent Mentor at feagentmentor.com. And what I do is I specialize in training both new agents who are looking for a life insurance product to sell and like the idea of selling final expense burial insurance as well as those agents who are already licensed and experienced but feel like the value of a mentor and a trainer is important into their endeavor into the final expense business. What I do is uh, train them to be competent, self, how do you say, competent and self-sufficient final expense agents on an independent basis. We're an independent agency. We offer pretty much all the major final expense players worth having. And kind of what I think sets what I do apart from others is the level of intense interaction I have with my agents. I think that's something that is lacking in this business as far as mentorship and training goes. And I do pretty much whatever it takes to help my guys succeed to the level that they're able to. Awesome. And and that's why we're having you on this podcast here, because what's interesting to me And like I said, the reason I wanted you on this podcast is we're seeing a lot of final expense opportunities coming through. And when an agent writes their first final expense policy, they're usually hooked because it's so easy. You know, there's no exam approved quickly and paid typically the next week instead of waiting like a typical fully underwritten policy. So you're teaching agents how to write more final expense. And I'm sure our listeners can learn from your sales and prospecting techniques because like our agency, we write maybe one out of every 15 of our applications or final expense. So we don't do much final expense, maybe a few, you know, here and there. So we'd like to get your expertise on this. So let's start with some of your sales technique. What kind of advice can you give agents to sell more final expense effectively? Well, in my mind, there's two specific things that you can do in order to maximize the opportunities for final expense sales when you come across them. First of all, of course, is you have to have the mindset of a consultative salesperson. What I mean by that is that when you sell final expense, much pretty much the same of any kind of life insurance product, we're not, and when I mean this with all due respect to 
the salesmen out there, but we're not Kirby vacuum salesmen or used car salesmen. You know, usually the image you conjure up is somebody who is pressuring the person to make a purchase today uh, that may not necessarily be in their best interest. As, as far as final expense goes, you know, it is a one-call close. Certainly that's the case. However, you want to treat the call in a manner in which you can meet whatever their need is, whether it's a cremation or burial, and then find something that fits their budget. But the old adage applies in final expense. The policy that stays is the policy that pays. And it's important to make sure that what you sell fits whatever it is that the client's looking to do. Now, the second aspect of that, in my mind, in order to sell more final expense, as well as to keep more of it on the book, you've got to be in the mindset of offering a variety of different carriers. The most successful final expense agents usually represent somewhere between five and ten carriers, if not more. And the main reason is it's just a, a dramatic amount of health issues that you'll run across. I always like to say, uh, and there's one particular example I'll give, you know, I'll, I've, I've run into a lady that's five foot zero, 500 pounds, takes 100 units of insulin since she was 40, and she's bipolar with diabetic neuropathy. You know, she's really interested in life insurance for maybe obvious reasons, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, how do you even deal with that? It's just such a series of issues. Well, there is a company that will cover that fully from the first day. And that could be the difference between getting the sale and then struggling to try to get it because most others would give it a modified or two-year waiting period. And then at worst, you may get a chargeback if it's replaced by somebody else. So, so, so that's the competitive one. advantage is, is, is having those companies and knowing their, their underwriting yeah. guidelines because that's how you can either replace or know that nobody's going to come in less expensive than you because you, you, you know, you're putting them typically with the best company based on their risk. Because that is the big factor in final expense, right? Correct. It's 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 an absolute reality. You know, look, we're not dealing with uh, the, the top five percent of income earners in America. We're dealing with the uh, people who are all on a fixed income, and in most cases, the sales we make, ninety percent of them are to people who are disabled and receiving Social Security disability, or they're retired on Social Security retirement. And they no, none of them have any sort of reserves or savings or anything that would normally buoy the expense of an unforeseen death and, uh, and a funeral that would come after that. So, you know, you have to be in the mindset of being able to offer them a plan that is affordable, that's competitively priced so that you can resist that client from switching to maybe a more competitive product. But then you also, on the same hand, need to make sure what you sell them not only is affordable but also gives them the best value of coverage, meaning, you know, if at all possible, first day full coverage. Okay. So let's get into some sales technique here. You talked about consultative selling. What are some of the things that you do or some of the things that you say in your appointments or your phone calls that can help an agent, you know, turn this into a more consultative sale? Sure. So I'm reminded of a few books that really laid the groundwork to how consultative sales works versus the traditional model. And, and consultative sales, in a nutshell, puts much more emphasis on pre-qualification, on asking open-ended questions, and, and doing the heavy lifting up front versus 
depending upon having seven to 15 different closes that you can use and five, six, seven rebuttal, objection rebuttal techniques. Consultative sales depends primarily on figuring out as quickly and as politely as possible what you're there to do and what they want and making sure that they fit the criteria of somebody who would buy. So, for example, what I would tell an agent, whether my agent or somebody who's looking for advice on, maybe they get a lot of objections up front or near the end and they don't understand why they don't seem to be making a sale that they should. Usually, if that's the case, more often than not, they're missing the really important step of pre-qualification. Personally, I think it's the most important aspect to a consultative final expense approach to sales. And, and when I say pre-qualification, what I want to know when I walk into the room and I'm meeting a prospect, I want to know why did they respond to whatever marketing piece that I used. And again, that's an open-ended question. I'm going to listen intently to what they're saying. I'm going to ask them, do they have any existing insurance in force? Of course, I'm going to collect all the information based on what they have and then ask them what they want to accomplish with the policy. It may be a burial policy, maybe a cremation policy, it may be a final expense income replacement policy. Either way, I'm going to sit back and listen to what they're telling me because the prospect always gives the salesperson the ammo necessary to make a sale uh, if you just simply listen to what it is that they want. So asking those questions along with making sure you do good field underwriting, asking proper health questions, making sure that you request uh, information about their medications, whether you use it, actually physically looking at it versus just say, hey, do you take anything? That's not going to cut it. you got to get it in your hands and look. And then also making sure that you ask for a budget that fits their needs, that is comfortable. And that in itself, if they can meet all those criteria, it, 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 you know, you're pretty good uh, you know, at cl- making the sale down the line after you present what it is that you do and build the value. But a lot of the times people run into those problems are basically because they don't ask those tough questions. What can you afford? You know, why do you even want a policy? You know, if you just do that up front, it it, it just lessens a lot of the objections that possibly occur at the end. That's great. It's really similar to what our agency says on the phone as well. You want to get the purpose of the coverage. Why did you submit this form? And in your case, whether it's direct mail or or whatnot. We'll get into that in, later on in the podcast. But it's along the same lines. You, you need them to tell you exactly why what they want to accomplish. And it feels like it's the same for final expenses. It's for really any life insurance sell if you want to have that consultative sell. Well, the way I look at it, Jess, is that, you know, all of our, it doesn't matter if it's you, me, a guy who's in his 30s, a guy who's in his 80s selling anything. The most valuable asset that all of us have above cash above our, you know, actual physical assets is our time. You know, we all have limited time on this earth and it becomes more obvious as you get busier or as you get older. You know, even, and I said in one of my videos, multi-billionaires like Warren Buffett, you know, I think he's in his 80s now. He may be the most wealthiest or nearly the most wealthiest man in the world. But the one thing he doesn't have that I have is youth. And he probably traded most, if not all of his wealth, just to live another 50 years as a healthy young person. The, the reason I mention this is that, you know, we have to treat our most valuable time as, as incredibly precious. You know, we can't waste it on people who, you know, they almost kind of fit, but they don't because they're not going to buy. You know, if, if they've, for final expense, if they want insurance, they need it desperately, 
but they don't have a bank account or they don't have any sort of account to set up a draft, look, you know, unless you can get the money immediately, what's, why waste your time? Go find right. a real prospect that you can serve and, and help out. And, and that's a definite important thing you got to really take into consideration and, and hold strongly as, as really, as you like you said, as any agent. Yeah, that's really good advice, especially when you factor in, you know, a lot of people are too scared to ask these intrusive questions. They may think it's, you know, right. you know what is your budget? You know, that's a little, you know, asking somebody you, you barely know what their budget is and then, you know, asking the purpose of the coverage or why they sent it in or tell me why you even want this. That Those are the types of hard questions you need to be asking. Like you said, to um, it makes complete sense to to make sure you have a qualified prospect in front of you because you can disqualify them right there. And that's fine to disqualify your, your, your prospects. You're supposed to be doing that. You want to spend your time with the people who are interested. Following up with those people right. makes total sense. So, right. okay, great. So, you know, be, beyond your, your, your sales technique, I know you have a lot of prospecting techniques as well that I've heard about. So, you know, beyond generating your own leads from the internet like we do or direct mail or cold calling, are there any other ways agents can drum up final expense business? Yeah. So this is what I would recommend for an agent that for whatever reason, lack of capital, you know, fear of investment, this would be the strategy I would recommend for a brand new agent. And I've I've trialed this. I've done over 60 of these and I learned it from another successful final expense agent. And I've had other agents do very well in different markets as well. And it's seminar marketing. When I say seminar marketing, it's in a nutshell, finding people who buy life insurance, which would be senior citizens, and presenting a short presentation on the different types of life insurance, their pros and their cons, and encouraging attendance through offering raffle, gifts, food, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a very virtually no-cost way to generate pretty dependably an application to two applications per seminar. And understand that, you know, a lot of people's first reservations to doing this is that, oh, i got to speak in front of a bunch of people. Well, take it from somebody who's completely afraid of public speaking me. This is probably the easiest way to get in front of people and talk because you're immediately assumed to be the expert. You know, when you get up in front of some group and you start talking about stuff that they're familiar with and providing them with information that they are unfamiliar with, you're going to be designated immediately in their mind as the expert. So people who are interested in buying life insurance are going to immediately look to you and want to do business with you. Uh, it breaks down a lot of the trust barriers that you have. A lot of times just doing your own cold calling or even working you know, the standard fair direct mail leads and final expense. And what's great about it is, is that, you know, from the raffling, you get all sorts of leads. You can go talk to these people. There's many replacement opportunities, new business opportunities. And it's just a uh, real cheap and effective way to get out there and generate business without having to grind it out cold calling usually is the other alternative. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're not willing to spend money, you're not willing to cold call. And if seminars turn you off, what are you even doing in this business? <laughs> you know, yeah. there's you, you got to pick one of them. So, right. Uh, yeah. So let, let me dig in a little bit about that as well. So when you're seminar sure. marking, how do you get people to these? You mentioned, I know you kind of entice them with food or raffles or whatnot, but are you sending direct mail? Are you doing like, wh- how are you getting in front of these people? This, this is, probably the easiest prospecting and the easiest appointment for a seminar you'll ever set. And and the reason is this. 
what we target, what I train agents to target, are what I call senior high-rise residents. If you can picture, if any of you guys work in a mid-sized town or even a small town, there's usually these large multi-story residence complexes where seniors live. And within those residences, there's always what's called an activity director. Their job is to set up activities for the seniors to do. You know, they'll do things like educational seminars, like what we do. They'll do blood pressure tests. They'll get people to talk about different subjects that kind of are geared towards a senior population. Their job is to do this because they want their residents to feel like they have things to do and not sit in the rooms all the time to get them out, get them alive, get them doing things. And so when you call on the activity director, it's almost virtually guaranteed, as long as there's not any kind of rules and and standards that prevent seminars, they're going to be more than happy to let you come in. I mean, it was it got to the point after doing and setting so many of these, we could set these over the phone to appear on a, on a specific date the following month without even seeing them face to face first. So you know, where I would normally what I would do is I would walk in cold, introduce myself, and tell them what I do about these seminars, and and ask for a date to come in and present. And you know, seven out of ten times they'd let me. But I mean, that's we're basically asking them to do their jobs when we ask for an appointment. So, and they want to, cause they don't have to do anything. You know, we do it all. We handle it, make their lives easier. That's kind of the pitch you make to them. Great. So I, when you're presenting, when you're actually doing the seminar, how are you doing that? Are you coming in with like a PowerPoint or are you coming in with flyers or what are you putting in front of your uh, prospect's face? Right. Easy. Really nothing. <laughs> as hard as it is to believe it is, it's so simple that it, it doesn't require much beyond the presentation. Now, what I do bring to get people there, of course, we, we actually promote with a flyer, the, ideally the day before or a couple days before. Uh, the closer to the event you promote it, the better, because with more time between promotion and the actual seminar, uh, more people don't come because they forget or other things happen. So the closer, the better to pr- promote it. When you're in front of the people, I never provided any sort of spreadsheet on, you know, different facts and figures and stuff. I just not didn't find it necessary. I did provide food. I did provide drinks. That's usually enough to get them down to do something because they've got something to it. And, you know, I raffled off a free $25 Walmart gift card at the end of the seminar. So, you know, the people that were coming were either just looking for some free food. You know, we call them good old plate lickers, you know, those who do seminars. <laughs> or, you know, they sincerely were very interested in what it is that I was offering. And, you know, it's not really even any more complex than that, to be honest with you. Awesome. All right. So that's some great advice as far as the seminar marketing for final expense. I didn't know that was anybody was really doing that. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. As far as other lead generation strategies, what would you say are the top five final expense lead generation strategies at the moment right now? Okay, I'll try to get five. <laughs> I can tell you at least three or four, but let's see. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, talk with any successful final expense agent. But, and if you if you can picture the top ten percent, you know, and it doesn't matter which industry you're in, they're all kind of doing something similar. Well, the top ten percent in final expense sales are all doing direct mail final expense leads. That's always been the standard fare. It will probably always be the standard fare unless you know, some Department of Insurance makes them illegal or if there's some sort of do not mail type of list. The benefits of direct mail are geographic 
concentration. There's a level of engagement you don't get with other leads, meaning more often than not, they are interested in something to deal with life insurance. And you've got a crush, you know, you show up and you show them the card. They sent the card in. You know, you're just there because they sent you in effect. So there's a lot of benefit with that. The next one would be, I think the, the biggest change in, in the direct, or I'm sorry, the biggest change in the final expense lead generation industry has been the avatar leads. I think after press one leads were made illegal a couple of years back, there's always been kind of a rush to figure out what to fill the void in on a cost-effective manner. And, and the avatar leads effectively are what I call terminator leads. If, if I to describe them briefly, a foreign call center has a uh, soundboard with pre-recorded opening statements, rebuttals, objections, blah, 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 the whole thing. And they, they interact with the person on the other line hitting the buttons to communicate via the recording. There's nothing illegal about it. A live person's calling, just using a recording to talk. But it's a terminator lead because they, uh, you know, they don't experience the human uh, weaknesses that we have, getting discouraged, getting tired. They say the same thing every time they're on the phone. So it's easier to generate more leads effectively on a price basis. And, and they're consistent enough to get business out of as long as you get a good volume. And they're now pretty beyond cheap. That, go ahead. And they're pretty cheap compared to. Uh, yeah, to I mean, price wise, I've seen them as low as five or six bucks. I've seen them as high as twelve or thirteen. Really, anywhere up in the middle and beyond. You know, you're getting them cheap and you're getting them fast. You know, and and they've got enough clout with enough agents I work with personally, as well as those who are not even associated with what I do. That that enough of them feel like they work well. So to me, that's a good sign. Good. Third type of lead, uh, I'm finally starting to see some some decent internet leads. There's one vendor in particular, I believe it's Customized Quote. He, lots of agents have raved about how well his exclusive internet leads are. I know I've always had this kind of pre-conditional response towards internet leads. I was like, oh, you know, they, they're shared or there's some kind of, you know, there's something bad about them. But these have been totally different problem with them, you have to have more geography. They're a Facebook-generated lead, you know, so you've got to cover a multitude of counties. They're much more like a telemarketed lead in a sense, but the quality seems to be pretty good if you can get in touch with them. Doing that through Facebook advertising, not organic search engine? No, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, every time I sat down personally, because I still produce in the field and field test all these leads, so I've got a good grasp of what, what this is about. When I sit down with these people, get these leads, I always say, yeah, I saw this ad or something on Facebook. And so it's it's basically a PPC ad that goes through a landing page. And it's a squeeze page, just probably like you guys use to some extent. Mm-hmm. And they put all their information in. We get to see what browser they use. And uh, I think maybe that's it. And then you get all their relevant information. Great. That's uh, a great lead concept. My experience has been a lot of them are junk, but if you can get in front of some of them, they're like rock solid, really good leads. Yeah. It makes sense because Facebook and their advertising, if you can learn how to use Facebook and advertise, it could take you, you can probably learn it within 30 days and generate your own leads on Facebook, just like Customized Quote is doing. I've seen some agents do that uh, successfully. So just a, just a little nugget out there for people kind of thinking about generating leads through Facebook and using stuff like this. So, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, far as a fourth and a fifth lead, I mean, you could put the seminar leads in there. I think I think as far as seminar leads go, um, 
they work well for a guy getting started in final expense. The ultimate goal for all of my agents, at least, is to put them on direct mail, just because it works. You know, it's right. the most consistent level of success. But seminars are a way to do it if money is, a, is not is an object, and you've got to produce sales in a cost-effective manner. Is as that... far as the fifth fifth source, you know, geez, you know, I, I really can't think of any others that really are out there that are consistent or a different type of lead. I mean, I can't Are agents having or, su- success having uh, doing any cold calling at all? You know, I, I'm i sure there are successful ones out there, but, you know, uh, it just... I haven't seen it, so go ahead and say it. <laughs> I, haven't, yeah. I haven't talked to a no, single I mean, agent. I, I, yeah. Jeff, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess talking from a, a agent recruitment standpoint, I mean, one of the things I require when somebody comes to work with me is that, you know, you have to understand getting to work with me, you got to buy leads yep. or you've got to commit yourself to seminar marketing. And, you know, but most people go to their leads route because it's, what's the point in going through all the motions if you don't have the main component to actually experience the highest chance of success. I mean, look, cold con sucks, you know, at the end of the day, most people don't do it for a reason. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is, you know? So no, I don't really see much success at it. Okay. And so for your direct mail, do you use a specific vendor or do you, are you doing them yourself or, or can you explain that process? Yes. So here's how I feel about final expense direct mail. You mentioned earlier, very start of the conversation, kind of the interest level and in final expenses increased mm-hmm. uh, precipitously. And I agree. I think it's, it's in part to two different things. You've got a lot of Insurance industries that are kind of collapsing or changing dramatically. First thing I can think of is, you know, healthcare or yeah. health insurance. Medicare agents, uh, there's been some changes there as far as payment goes on certain plans at certain times of the year. And then, of course, mortgage protection is just a glimmer of what it used to be. All these forces, I think, have drawn people into final expense simply because it's a one-call close. It's simple. It's easy. Uh, so on and so forth. And then the other aspect of that is that you see a lot of guys in their 50s and 60s that lose their careers, lose their jobs, and they're just looking for something to start. They don't have anything to lose, <laughs> so they go, why not do insurance now, you know? And so the average insurance agent is in his late 50s. Mm-hmm. Jeff, remind me, what, what was your question? I'm sorry, I kind of went on to you. No, it was, it was for direct mail. Where are you getting oh, your leads? Yes, yes. Like, you are using any vendors? Are you doing it yourself? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So so here's where I'm going with all this. So you see in this 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 saturation effect in final expense. All the major players, the big IMOs out there that are doing 20, 30 million plus a, a year in final expense production, they all do the same thing. They all do direct mail final expense leads. And where 10 years ago, Mildred, seven years old, receives this card in the mail about burial insurance and sends it off, she would have gotten maybe two a month. Now it's 10 a month, maybe eight a month. And so your chances of getting a lead to reply have dropped. So what's happened in effect is your rates have gone up on your average price point for leads. And then, you know, your responses decrease. So what's the solution? So if you're listening to this podcast, if you live in the Southeast, your best bet is to use a fixed price direct mail vendor. Lots of IMOs like myself have them. There are other standalone lead houses that offer fixed prices. For example, Need a Lead is the first one that I can think of. Uh, They will do... It's called Need a Lead. Okay. Like, I need a lead bad. Needalead.com, I think, is a website. Okay. Uh, they, they will do a fixed price mailer for your region. 
I haven't seen any restrictions on any states that are would be normally considered poor response, like Georgia or Florida or Texas. But you desperately need, if you're going to really be serious about this business, always start with that fixed price if you're either in the southeast, if you're in the west coast, specifically California, and some parts of the Midwest, not always. However, if you're in the northeast, if you're in states like Washington, Oregon, Michigan, the response rates there are very good. I don't know why. There's just not any insurance agents selling final expense, I guess, as much as where I live in Tennessee. You can do a per thousand mailer, and and the average price point justifies going that route. Maybe you'll get a mid twenties price point versus a around a thirty dollar average price point. So, uh, as far as per thousands, just some just some suggestions for you guys. Uh, Jet Marco. Does the lowest per thousand I've seen? Who is that? There's no requirement writing any business with the guy. You know, it's just a mail order house. It's like the lowest price point on his leads is like three eighty eight per thousand. I've seen others that will go up to the mid four hundreds. That's kind of where I see the average price point. Okay, and what, what now? What website is it? Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, Jen uh, J E N Marco like Marco Rubio Marco dot com. Okay. You may have to call and set, I think you can set up an account when you're there or you have to call up and set it up. But either way, you can go in, you buy the leads, pick the areas. It's all pretty much, you know, a la carte, self-serve. Great. Really and to, easy to use. And to anybody listening to this, I'm, the, these links will be in the show notes at selltermlife.com. So go ahead. Great. And I'll also mention one of the, the, a, the mail house I've had the most success on a service basis and and helping me out when I have questions is uh, Chris Atheridge. I'm sure you know who he is, Jeff, at, at the Lead Connections. Um, he's very good uh, for those guys that um, maybe are getting started and need a little more assistance with leads. He does pick his phone up and answer his emails pretty well, but he does charge a premium. You're getting service, so you're going to be charged with more. I think his is around 420 to 440 per thousand. Okay. Uh, he does not do a fixed price lead program. He only does per thousand. So, uh, and if you're going to do his per thousand, you really need to use the card that's called the E64 card. It's a more generic life insurance card, but the response rates are better. But those would be the two per thousand basis lead houses I would recommend if you go that route. Awesome. All right. Perfect. I think I think that's all the questions and pretty much all the time we have here. David, where can where can we find you again? FEAgentmentor.com, is that it? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, F says in final, E is in expense. Agentmentor.com, that's my website. Awesome. All right, I appreciate you sharing all this information. I know it's going to be really helpful for a lot of agents out there. And I'll link to your website from the show notes at sellturnlife.com. And appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Jeff. I appreciate it. To join the conversation and learn how to use modern techniques to sell more life insurance, work more efficiently, and on your own terms, head over to SellTermLife.com and join our email list. We'll see you next time on another value-packed episode of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast. Mm -hmm.